0: Welcome to another episode of FromTheApron.com podcast. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Susan Edgren, the director of Central Wisconsin Area Community Theater's highly anticipated third annual Schmeichel Shakes production of Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. In our conversation, Susan offers valuable insider tips for actors who are considering auditioning for the production. Her extensive experience with Wisconsin Rapids Community Theater also shines through, As she reflects on her involvement and the impact of community theater in the local area. Additionally, we delve into the fascinating body of work by playwright Ken Ludwig and discuss some of Susan's own noteworthy productions throughout her career. Her breadth of experience brings a unique perspective to the discussion and promises to provide insights and inspiration to our listeners. Whether you're an aspiring actor, a theater enthusiast, or simply curious about the world of community theater, This episode is packed with engaging content that you won't want to miss. Sit back and join us as we delve into the wonderful world of theater with Susan Edgren on this episode of FromTheApron.com podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, our guest is Susan Edgren. Uh, She's directing an upcoming performance of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night with Central Wisconsin Area Community Theater in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Uh, Some other Upcoming shows there are crazy for you, holiday radio show, leading ladies, and post mortem. Susan Susan has acted in such shows as recently Anne of Green Gables and Noises Off, and directed shows such as Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, Moon Over Buffalo, and I think just about every Shakespeare play. Am I right?
1: <laughs> I wish no, <laughs> no. But I uh, let's see through SeaWacked. Because they were the ones... uh, There are two community theaters in my area. I live in Wisconsin Rapids, and we have one as well. But Sea is the one that started the Shakespeare. So I've directed Much Ado and uh, Midsummer Night's Dream there. Uh, Midsummer was two years ago, and that was our debut uh, performance for Schmeekly Shakes summer Shakespeare program.
0: So I saw some of the photos on your Facebook page there of the Schmeekly Shakes, uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, What a great venue. It looks like... um, It it looks like there's like permanent seating, but also people can like bring picnic chairs or bring uh, camping chairs, maybe bring a picnic. You tell me.
1: Right. Yes. There's a whole picnic area that you don't see because it's behind us, behind the audience. But also that pavilion was built. It's fairly new. It was just built about, uh, let's see, well, four years ago. Yeah, and they built it with, they wanted to bring entertainment in mind, and they told uh, our producer, Joe Nowinski, that uh, they had the community theater in mind as one of the places that they wanted to come out, you know, and bring entertainment. And so uh, Joe and I kind of got this started. It was his baby to begin with, because he made the first introductory meetings, Uh, Schmeekly Park Reserve is run and owned by uh, the local college, UW at Stevens Point. And uh, he made that contact, and then he kind of put out feelers amongst CWAC people if anyone was interested in helping him on this. And uh, I jumped. I leapt with both feet, hands, nails, (laughs) teeth. (laughs) I said, yes, please. So we have been partners in this now. This will be our third year.
0: This will be your third year. Are you doing... 12th Twelfth night, night, like I said.
1: Twelfth night this year, yes.
0: And your performance dates are August 18th, 19th, 20th?
1: Yes. And yes, auditions are
0: e- just over a month away in uh, right, June 19th, on the 19th 20th. And 20th. All right. right. Tell us about yeah. your audition process.
1: Uh, well, because it's community theater, you know. And because we have, I will have a majority of people who have never done Shakespeare before audition for me we have a handful of people now well especially since uh let's see uh much ado was about seven or eight years ago and so everyone who was in that show with me now has you know some background uh, we do have a two or three handful of core members who actually have at least a bachelor's degree in theater and then uh, my husband and i of course have master's degrees and we know Shakespeare. <laughs> we we know, and that was I have an MFA in theater directing from the University of Minnesota, and my my specialty was classic repertoire, especially uh, Shakespeare. So yeah, I've been waiting for a vehicle like this to just happen. So anyway, I like to have a level playing field, so no one comes in with a, a memorized you know monologue or soliloquy please don't uh i want everyone to cold read i pick scenes just like i do for any other play and it also gives me an idea of who who reads just reads you know well or best and who can sort of uh make something out of the language without studying it although i do encourage everybody please read the play I I do that for every, people call me or send me an email, what should I do to prepare? And I said, read the play, (laughs) you know, and with a Shakespeare, read the play, watch the play, you know, listen to the play.
0: There's no excuse for not getting your hands on a copy of the script, right?
1: Oh, I know. But believe me, you know, around here, I've run into it lots of times. What should I audition for? Well, read the play. What are you interested in? (laughs) No, it's really easy. But yeah, um i am we are growing with uh much ado and then with midsummer two years ago and tempest last year the group you know around uh that audition most often are getting more familiar with shakespeare they're getting to understand the language and be able to uh deal with it more easily and then we're also drawing from kids bfa kids especially from uh, uw stevens point campus they what an is BFA? B- uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Oh. That thanks. has gradually taken over. Well, I have a Master of Fine Arts, and that used to be the case. You get a BA in theater, and then you go to grad school, and you get an MFA in acting or directing or scene design or whatever. These days, they're kind of cutting that. You can you get a straight master's, especially if you want to get a doctorate, but an awful lot of colleges are going to the Bachelor of Fine Arts program, which is really It's a college program, but it's um, more like a a professional training center. Okay. You know, and these kids, uh, especially as seniors, really get uh, exposed to uh, professional auditions. They'll take their seniors to New York, you know, and they get them auditions for directors, so they get that experience. And uh, in some places like uh, University of Minnesota, they have the partnership with the Guthrie. And these BFA kids get to have various um, productions, you know, directed for them by them or whatever at the Guthrie. So this kind of thing is happening more and more all over the country. So we, it's it's a thrill when we can get some of these kids. You know, uh, I've had some two or three really talented ones that I love to work with, and they're good, good kids, and work hard, and are just a joy absolute joy so that's what we do that's so we just cold readings come in we have fun sometimes i do improv
0: so you said or, or the audition page and what was the acronym you you said see is that how you call your theater oh, yes
1: central wisconsin area community theater see none of us want to keep saying that all the time
0: yeah. me neither that's why, yeah. to, that's why i want to know the acronym all yes. right. so it's see whacked okay <laughs> So yeah. uh, the CWACT uh, webpage, the audition page specifically for your show, says that you do cold reads. And also it said that you have
1: uh, No Fear Shakespeare scripts. What is? Right, right. Um, someone in, uh, we had a we had a, I used to, uh, several years ago, we had a president of the board of CWACT who was also uh, an educator. And he brought this up. He would use these No Fear Shakespeare scripts with even his his high school and his junior, his middle high, middle school kids. So he said, you ought to take a look at it. And I, I was doubtful. You know, I'm an Arden Shakespeare or Riverside or whatever fan. But I looked at them, and they really are quite good when it comes to uh, the actual interpretation, the actual, uh, uh in, yeah, interpretation or edition, sort of that way. They base themselves on Uh, a traditional edition. It isn't that they don't modernize anything, but what they do is that on one side of the book you have the Elizabethan, and on the other page you have a modern translation. So every time, so you, when they're reading the page they only have, they only use, you know, the left side of the book for rehearsals. But this way they can read for themselves what these some of these phrases and words mean, if they can't make it out for themselves, they can read it themselves. Then, if they have a question, we can handle it in rehearsals. But this way, I would never be able to get through a blocking rehearsal, let alone any other kind of scene work, because I'd be answering so many questions.
0: <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, what does this mean? What am I saying? What? <laughs> Could you explain this again?
0: So the script that you're you're going to be handing out at auditions, the sides that you'll be handing out at auditions, have this kind of common translation or this this more modern translation for them to use as reference. But you as still want them only. to read the Elizabethan side.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, okay. we use so, the Elizabethan side. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that addresses some of the concerns for the actors that might be auditioning, that might be thinking, oh, I've never done Shakespeare before, or I have a hard time right. understanding it. So so both mm-hmm. of those concerns are out the door. You, you, you expect people with no... Uh, prior experience you've given them the translations now what about Mm -hmm. the concerns of the audience member that thinks oh I'd like to go see Shakespeare but uh, it was always a burden in high school to have to read Romeo and Juliet or I don't understand it I'm not smart enough for Shakespeare What, what what do you have to say to those people
1: well when I talk about when I talk and I have friends like that I have a sound designer who's fantastic I have him do my sound for every single show I ever do In either town, but he's the same way. I I don't know Shakespeare. I don't know. It's kind of hoity-toity. I don't know. And I say, with with the shows that I direct, especially outdoors, because this is, it's a shortened version first of all because we have no outdoor lights. It's done within you know daylight. Testa. It opens at 5:30, so we can be done before the sun goes down. But also it's a shortened version because people are sitting outside, some of them on rocks, because they don't all think about bringing a comfortable chair, or they're sitting on a hillside, you know, and there's, or they're sitting in the sun and sometimes with the sun in their eyes or whatever. So we have a shortened version, but also I go back to my, uh, my Renaissance fair performance roots. I spent 10 years as a Renaissance festival singer and performer of Shakespeare scenes and fun and so it's it's all it's well it's a lot of (laughs) shtick but i i tell people if they're i'm trying to get them to come to my show like for this one for for 12th night i'm saying listen it's not stodgy shakespeare i said for one thing 12th night my 12th night is is it's west i'm putting it in 1855 gold rush sacramento you know i said no swords pistols you know, cowboy hats. uh, you know, spurs and cacti that move around. You know, that people hide behind. Um, I encourage my actors, and I did this in Midsummer's too because that we did a little more traditionally. I put it more actually in a, a, a medieval kind of thing because just because the costumes were easier to pull together and and build. But I said um, to my actors, I said. Ad-libbing is good here. I encourage you to ad-lib. Give me anything you want to give me, shout out, you know, audience participation, anything, and then we'll pick and choose what works the best. And you should have seen their faces. They all went, I said, not in Elizabethan. <laughs> I said, your ad-libs are, no, modern, eclectic, use whatever, you know. And I had some actors that were really really took that to heart and had so much fun my Oberon and my puck especially had a fantastic relationship so in this one same thing I tell people this is not what you think of as stodgy Shakespeare this is outdoor Renfest shtick. lady with a baby moving through kind of Shakespeare they run out in the audience they play around uh, you know they involve the audience I I steal things from everywhere in other shows that I've directed. Uh, I directed years ago um, the uh, 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 complete works of Shakespeare abridged. You mm-hmm. know where everything is done with your tongue firmly set in either cheek. Doesn't matter if you ever seen that. It's just nuts. You know. I have it's,
0: not. No, I wanted to ask you about that too. So yeah, it yeah. with twelfth night to to finish the. Um, the, to swage people's concerns, there, audience members, I, I would say that you know it's it's silly, right? Twelfth Night is silly. It's a comedy. It's yeah. It's I don't know. It's just silly. Like a lot of the scenes just stand on their own, right? Like you could see oh, just yeah. the scene oh, yeah. of Twelfth Night and be like, oh, it, it it's happy. Also, right? Like the movie, she's the man, Amanda Bynes and um, Channing Tatum. It's Twelfth Night. Oh, I haven't.
1: I se- know I haven't seen that.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, like a it's like a teeny bopper movie, and it is Twelfth Night. Like her character's oh, okay. name is Viola. Yeah. She dresses up as her brother Sebastian. Um, okay. The main right. the yeah. uh, what's his name? Um, Channing Tatum. Uh, he is his first name is Duke. Orsino. Yeah. Yeah. His Duke, first name right. is Duke Orsino instead of
1: exactly instead
0: of the rank Duke, it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. In Mike's show, uh, since it's a western, uh, Orsino's court is actually Duke's saloon. And gambling emporium, okay, <laughs> where Toby and Andrew hang out a lot,
0: makes sense, you know.
1: And then Olivia's place is the is the town uh, hotel.
0: Oh, this you know, sounds where, great. Where
1: where Malvolio is, you know, the concierge, majordomo, whatever. Mariah is the only uh, maid. Uh huh. You know, they're kind of a thing.
0: And there's a lot of great parts for actors in this play too, right? You said Malvolio. Oh, yeah. There's Festa. Festa. Festi. Festi.
1: Festy, right. Um, Yeah, so many great Um,
0: parts for actors in this play.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm doing it. Actually, only 13 actors we're doing this with, and only two of them have to double it all, just some small parts, because I like to keep people busy. I don't like to drag someone in, you know, for a a two-minute scene in the beginning and then have them sit around, especially in the heat and the the mosquitoes and everything, so they can take a curtain call. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like to keep people busy. So, no, it is fun. I mean, the whole title 12th night or what you will 12th okay. night simply meant because the debut performance happened was on 12th night uh, was for wondering. the court okay that's that's the, the only reason that title is and he added what you will which basically means well whatever you know whatever <laughs> you want just I don't care <laughs> every in any which way so and and a lot of and so it depends on you know what does that mean well it could mean literally as far as the title is concerned, just make of it what you will, or it's what happens in the play. It's like any which way because it's silly i mean you've got you've got Duke Arsino he isn't in love there there's you know he thinks he's he he's in love with the idea of being in love and he's really in love with the idea of having it unrequited. <laughs> he's kind of wallowing like a pig in mud in his unrequited love right. so yeah that's a big that's a theme who's feeling real love and who isn't? Who's pretending and who isn't? And then there's the class distinction, which in Renaissance England would be huge. Malvolio thinking that he could uh, jump several rungs on the class ladder, you know, by uh, jumping Olivia's back. And, <laughs> uh-uh, you know, it's no way. It's no way that they would like that. You can't, or, in, or even marry her. You just, nope, not going to happen.
0: And Twelfth Night has a real... Twelfth Night has a real love triangle too, right? Like movies will say love triangle, but Mm -hmm. in movies it's just two guys are in love with the same girl, right? But this is a real love triangle where A loves B and B loves C and C loves A. C loves.
1: Yeah. 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 Or even D. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yes, you've got the Duke who thinks he's in love with Olivia. Right. Right. And you've got Olivia who, not in my book, she only thinks she's in love with Cesario. She hasn't known him long enough. Right. You know, she's she's in lust with him, is uh-huh. what she is. And then you have Viola slash Cesario, who really is in love with the Duke, because she's had enough time to actually get to know him and gradually fall in love with him. So there is there is that. Uh, there's Antonio and Sebastian, and that's a different kind of love. Well, depending on what actors I get to play them as well, but especially Antonio. But, uh, and lots of directors like to do it different ways, especially these days. You know, they like to have a love romance kind of thing in there. But I think it's very similar. This is earlier than Merchant of Venice, but this is very similar in his writing to Merchant of Venice, to Antonio and Bassanio and their relationship. But that's more serious. Uh, Here, Antonio and Sebastian really exist as... uh, they're moving the plot. They're the they're the deus ex machina, sort of. They're the only way you're going to get all of this mess cleared up as to who mm-hmm. is actually whom, right? So, but Antonio loves Sebastian and it's not quite requited as strongly, obviously, because Sebastian goes to a female. He says, hey, this rich lady wants to marry me. All right. <laughs> all right, so
0: I'm dying to hear about um, the complete works of Shakespeare, Abridged. You've directed that what
1: yes what is that (laughs) Uh, oh (laughs) that's been around quite a while uh it was written by um austin titchener first of all and actually he works uh with he's a uh, a writer and with the uh uh, folger shakespeare theater right now and i can't remember the other two his two partners but what they did is they put this thing together and it's uh it takes bits and pieces Of various Shakespeare plays and it just it's a satirical look it turns them upside down it's silly it's ridiculous it has a lot of modern uh, anachronisms you know in it and then the second half of the show is Hamlet they do a 30 minute version of Hamlet and make it as goofy as possible uh, you know because it's all guys so guys have to play gal roles you know which is traditional but not the way they do it (laughs) You know, and then uh, and at the end they say, "Well, let's do it backwards." And so they run, <laughs> they run Hamlet backwards with, with, and including with all of the uh, special effects, whatever those may be. With us, Hamlet's ghost was a stuffed tube sock on the end of a a, a fishing line <laughs> with a rod and reel, who just kept popping in and out of uh, from behind the curtain. Woo! and then phew, you know, out he went. Stuff like that. It's it's a nonsense play. Uh, and they have several that ha- uh, have uh, spun off of that original, too. They have a Christmas version, and they have, uh, the last time I saw, they had one that was Shakespeare's Lost play, I think. But uh, it it's wild. They're funny. Audiences love that stuff. But it's very, um, I loved it because it is very uh, renaissance fair kind of same kind of stuff we used to pull sort of thing um you don't try to take do serious theater out there people aren't out there they're eating turkey legs and drinking beer <laughs> they don't they don't want a serious version of romeo and juliet
0: so the complete works you you go and you see uh, a, a show or two it's not it's not all of Shakespeare and all the songs no they and claim
1: the three guys get well they stand there in tuxedo tails top hats and clown noses and they say yes they are going to it's the complete canon except for those pesky you know the problem plays that nobody likes them you know okay. no we're not gonna do that <laughs> ah, nuance symboling ah, yeah out we go <laughs> you know yeah. but they use uh it's Romeo and Juliet and Coriolanus and Titus Andronicus oh yeah uh julius caesar um well yeah they take the serious stuff because that's more fun <laughs> to tear apart and make funny the comedies are already funny it makes sense, you know but they mentioned it they mentioned the comedies and they just kind of zip through them with like i said with their clown noses and and funny horns and whatever uh it's it's not a um what should we call it uh i can't think of the right word but it's it doesn't treat shakespeare with any kind of sacredness whatsoever <laughs> It reminds me <laughs> of the improv
0: good. uh the improv game like fairy tale in a minute where you do like uh rumble in three minutes and then you do it again in a yeah. minute and then again in thirty seconds and then again in ten yeah. seconds or something like that
1: well, that's what these three guys did. They were all friends in theater and they got and lovers of Shakespeare, but they got together and they just started improving ridiculousness and then they basically took the best stuff and wrote it down, you know so it was official and then performed it.
0: Are you involved in any of the other upcoming shows at uh, CWACT?
1: Not yet. We're still hearing. They haven't let anybody know who's directing what yet. I uh, applied to direct uh, Postmortem. That's the one I was going to ask about. (laughs) Yeah, I've directed several Ken Ludwigs in the past. Oh,
0: okay. I didn't realize that was Ken Ludwig, but the name, just the name itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Ken Ludwig. That's a Ludwig. Is uh, Moon Over Buffalo, which you've directed.
1: Yes, I've directed that. And uh, at uh, WRCT a couple of years ago, well, yeah, I'm trying to remember. COVID makes everything weird. Uh, Trying to remember, but uh, just before, yeah, just before COVID, I directed Ludwig's uh, Baskerville, a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Okay. Which was, and that's uh, a whole story told with only five actors. Two play Sherlock and Watson, and three others play everybody else. It's like 80-some characters between the three of them. Oh, that sounds fun. So It was a lot of fun.
0: Moon Over Buffalo reminded me uh, quite a bit of that's, – that's the only one of these that I've seen um, that reminded me quite a bit of Noises Off, which you've acted in. Mm-hmm. But yes. Noises Off is not Ken Ludwig, is it?
1: No. Okay. No. Um,
0: are I, all of Ludwig's plays kind of similar to that, that they are they all have like this, this – um, Gimmick, so to speak. I, I, I hesitate to call it a gimmick, um, but you know what I mean. The,
1: the earliest, yeah, the the first like I don't know six eight of them do because uh, you have um, you have three tenors, you know, and then you have the other tenor. <laughs> or lend me a tenor. There we okay. go. Then you have the three tenors, and um, so that is. And then Moon Over Buffalo. Uh, let's see what else? oh leading ladies. Okay. which is also being done by CWAC this year, and we've done it here in Rapids before. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, he's so prolific, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, a lot of them, as you say, have the, the farce formula. Yeah. But he has sort of gone off. Um, he's got his Treasure Island, which is actually just pretty cool and fun. Uh, his uh, version of Robin Hood, which, uh, again, is not a farce. It's a rom-com. You know, but okay. it's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I've I've got I've got both of those scripts and I'm um, be very interested in directing either of those shows one of these days.
0: Moon over Buffalo and Noises Off and not Ludwig, but uh but Moon over Buffalo is. They they're both similar and then they have like the, the on stage and backstage are on stage. <laughs> like yeah. you you, you, <laughs> yeah. you kinda see it's a play within a play and you see a lot of the backstage action of the play yes. within the play on stage, which, yes. and, and those two remind me of which what crazy popular play right now, uh, which is the, what is the, the everything goes wrong play or, yes. so I would say to like, yeah. I think it's a good advice to directors out there or theaters out there that, you know, or maybe like caught up in this, like, oh, we've got to do the everything goes wrong show. Cause everyone's doing it. Like take a look at moon over Buffalo, take a look at noises off um Mm -hmm. consider those and also as an audience member too right like if you're when you're searching for community theater in your area and you come across these plays go go see them they're fans if you come across anything by ken Ludwig, apparently um oh yeah go see the audiences
1: love them and that's why they that's why he gets done a lot here in this area because we know we can put butts in seats you know and that's really the bottom line Please, let's put butts in seats, otherwise we can't keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a thing. Uh I was thrilled. Uh I don't think Tempest was quite had quite the crowd last year. Uh I don't know why, really, but uh midsummer was sold out. We had standing room only. Uh now we only do one weekend. We have a Friday and a, and Saturday evenings, and then we have Saturday and Sunday matinees. But yeah, we were we had a full house on our opening night and then by Sunday it was we had to people were standing you know in the back for the whole show word of mouth had gotten around and we had a great time I had live musicians on stage who were part of the action they were part of the you know fairy court or whatever they messed around with the actors sometimes or the actors messed around with them and I'm doing the same kinda of thing with Twelfth Night I'm gonna have a combo and hopefully if we get it all straightened out, <laughs> but I've got a family here, mom, dad, and their 12-year-old son who is a budding jazz pianist. He composes his own stuff, too. He's quite good, and he loves theater. He was one of my badass little male fairies in Oberon's court two years ago, uh, so he's going to be our, um, the saloon piano player You know we're going to have a facade of an upright piano we're going to put him in a derby and the striped shirt and the garters and i'm going to give him a big rubber cigar to chew on and then his parents are going to be you know play guitar and you know whatever other they have a ton of instruments but i love to have the musicians on stage you know they were prominent or at least above the stage at the globe you know you always had the musicians right there and it's not something that we can always do or always gets done when we're in a the the enclosed theater. Uh, CWAC performs at the Century Insurance Theater that we get given space there for all of our shows. Uh, but outside, yeah, you know, the we have a little platform that's been built for them. They there's they're upstage center, and they're in costume, and and like I said, and there will be they interplay with the actors they sometimes they hold props throw props sometimes they make uh you know obscene sounds on (laughs) 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 they comment with their instruments on something that's been done or said it's uh and the audiences just adore that and so does the so does cast everybody has a great time of course
0: so what's um What's like your favorite play? Do you have like a bucket list play that you're that you want to direct or act in?:
1: Oh gosh, I have a huge bucket.
0: okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and i'm I'm 68, so the you know the years are, are getting uh as far as playing roles, yeah, they're uh, I don't know. Um, I have more that I want to direct. okay. And it's a lot of I'm dying to direct uh, Macbeth, okay and Richard the third okay you know those two i really really uh, i've wanted to direct those two for a long long time so we'll see what happens all right uh yeah i mean that's i suppose uh there's one on my list god of carnage which was huge on broadway not that long ago uh i have i'm waiting to hear i think i will be directing that in rapids in uh two seasons from now um we'll see you know but uh Oh, there are all kinds of things. Uh, uh, Moon for the Misbegotten, which is, you know, O'Neill. That's my favorite O'Neill, and I adore that. But again, it's hard to get butts in seats for serious shows in community theater and small-town community theater. It's very tough. It's really tough. So I try to look at, at least Shakespeare can be exciting. If we do it inside, Macbeth's got, you know, fighting and witches and, ghosts and all kinds of fun things to do and Richard the just he's just such a wonderful villain
0: so I saw you directed recently Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike that's uh, yes I Durang did. right um, Durang and uh,
1: Durang 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 I uh, love his stuff
0: I live in uh, near Baltimore Maryland and uh, we just yes. we, we just caught a production of it um, within the past couple months uh, my wife and I oh, had, a, had a theater in Baltimore uh, community theater spotlighters mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we absolutely loved it. Uh, I said in the previous podcast, um, we, this this topic came up as well. That my <laughs> wife and I spent the the ride home discussing the meaning. Like, what were we supposed to get out of that? And uh, I don't I don't know that we got it right, but that's that's how we spent our time. And I think that's yeah. what you should do with the Durang play, right? Like, you, yeah. should, you should well, spend Durang,
1: time. and that was a very different Durang. Oh, yeah you know if you read his other stuff I want to direct there's another bucket list baby of the with the Bathwater." I want to direct that one so badly sure. I love the dark humor and the satire but this one but uh, Vanya was um he said it, it's about family you know it's simply that it's about family and what does family mean what does it mean to be family what does it mean you know he's working through uh, siblings and we all you know those of us who have siblings and even if we're close to them now as adults maybe we weren't always that close you know or you know there's stuff there's garbage there's baggage that goes with, with siblings and the fact that he uses his parents their parents who uh were in theater or whatever and insisted on naming them all after check off characters mm-hmm. is hysterical and then he uses little clips. Some of the allusions are to the cherry orchard or three sisters, but then he also goes to the seagull, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just really, really clever. And that the speech that Vanya has got where he just goes ballistic. Uh, I have a, uh, well, I have several friends, you know, in these areas who are actors who can handle that, but I got one of them mm-hmm. and he was fantastic and I even asked, told him I said at one, when we first started I said you tell me you let me know if you ever want me to cut anything in that speech I will I mean I've got it I know where I can cut he says, no 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 he says I want every single word because he's a huge Durang fan and we did and that that's one of those plays that the audience didn't know what to make of when they came in but it was really popular they laughed a lot and loved it on the way out
0: if you're an actor, you're a middle-aged man looking for um, uh, a monologue. That's a, that's a great monologue, oh, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, that and, uh, and actually there's a real Chekhov monologue. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, but it's a man at a podium. He's, he's lecturing. And he just gradually falls apart because of the topic and what's happening with him, you know, personal or whatever. But it's hysterical. It's just hysterical. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard. Not too many people want to take that on, especially when you hit middle age mm-hmm. or older because it's too hard to memorize all those lines. There's a lot
0: of lines <laughs> in that play. And the, I know the yeah. production I saw, everyone did a great job. I'm always like, I'm really keen on that. Even when somebody like flubs up a line a little bit and everyone covers just perfectly, you still kind of, you kind of know, right? If you've seen enough plays, you can kind of just sense it that like, oh, somebody flubbed a line or miss their cue or can,
1: something i can i can well i can i went to a show here in town just recently mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a matter of trying to subtly tell because it, <laughs> i mean, everything just came to a stop Oh wow! <laughs> just silence goes. and then one of the actors even started to giggle because he kept looking at the guy who was actually supposed to literally laugh you know so no um but if if a cast does it right unless i know the play I know the script, you know, uh-huh. inside and out, and I can tell, wait a minute, that wasn't supposed to be there. But otherwise, if I don't know the play that well, uh, and if a cast does a good job, I don't ne- no, not necessarily. There are, we have some people who are really good at improv around here and can cover if something happens and you'd never know. Oh, okay. You know, so that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. But that, not every cast has that. You know, the the deer in the headlight silence is really more (laughs) of the same thing or someone starting to flub a line and then going all the way back to the beginning of the line and repeating it so they get it right. You hear that a lot, Mm. Um, you know, and so I work with my cast members Um, directing community theater is teaching. I wanted to be a collegiate professor at one point, point in my life and that didn't happen for me but working in community theater, I have actors from the age of eight to 80, you know, and some have never been on stage before, some are old vets, uh, but everybody has something to learn. And one of the things I work with my people on is, this is live theater, you're human beings, you, you might have a brain fart, you know. So don't panic. You know, try to move on if you can. I said, and everyone else, if you're on stage with this person, this person is your family member and they're looking to you <laughs> for help. Uh, be prepared. You know, uh, always have something in your minds. Because frankly, during rehearsals, there are certain actors that do have a hard time. And, and I've been on stage with, with people like this. And I've had been in a show where it was just the two of us on stage. And I knew the the spots where he had problems. And I just had to go home and write down. I had to create ad-libs. I had to create extra lines and be prepared in my head to throw those out to get us back on track.
0: Oh, you're, you're kinder than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like uh, to be prepared. I've done, and I don't like to be left there with egg on my face. <laughs> I've
0: done Zoo Story and i think, oh yeah i think that is the hardest like i've never done a one-man show but you know but just a huge monologue i can do a huge monologue i can do a four or five page monologue which zoo story has mm-hmm. but um but a, just a two-man show where you know if, if it's if the other person's not speaking guess what it's it's your turn yeah, you know, yeah. it's your line <laughs> I, I find yeah. I find that a two-person show is the hardest thing to do in my in my experience.
1: Yeah, two-person. I'd rather do it than a one-person. Because really? yeah, then if you go up, you're all alone. There isn't anybody there to get you out of it. Uh, people have been trying to. A certain certain person has been trying to convince me, you know, to do a one-woman show that she really likes, and I'm just going, not nah, no, okay. <laughs> no.
0: Well, I want no, to value thanks. your time here today and I have one yeah. more question for you and then I want to help I want to ask you to help me do like a call to action to our audience here. So my okay. one more question for you is uh what is the single most important thing that you think someone can do at an audition?
1: Okay, that's easy. Um actually, maybe not easy to do, but it's easy to say. I want to see energy. I want to see effort. Don't stand there you know with your script and and talk like this and read like this and oh and you know be prepared read the play have an idea if you can if it's been made into a movie find the movie watch it have an idea of of what this is but i, re- I want to see energy i want to see someone who is ready to try anything and, and you know uh, it doesn't mean they have to be jumping around the stage. That's usually counterproductive. But, you know, show me some energy, some life. Uh, you, don't have the, the, you don't have the lines memorized, but you can still read with life and joy and energy. Uh, have fun, you know, but show me something that I can work with.
0: Thank you. All right, listeners, there's an insider tip. If you're auditioning for the upcoming performance uh, with CWACT, uh, of Twelfth yes. Night coming auditions are August no June no, 1920
1: June 19th and 20th 630 at what we call the shack that is uh, it's on Minnesota Avenue it is uh, the rehearsal space for okay. CWACT and and production they have a scene shop and costume shop and prop shop and everything
0: You've got an insider tip from Susan Edgerton herself. That's exactly yes. what she's <laughs> expecting. Now you have no excuse. Uh, the play is available on the CWACT website. The, uh, the specific, yes, the No Fear Shakespeare version is available mm-hmm. to download there. Uh, so dig around that website. Uh, go audition. If you're not in the Wisconsin area, you should just get on your favorite search engine and search for community theater near me. and. Mm-hmm. Go watch a show, go audition,
1: go... uh, Volunteer Volunteer to work backstage or set. You know, we have a fantastic crew now here at WRCT, Wisconsin Rapids Community Theater. Just people who have said, you know, I'm retired now or I'm, you know, whatever reason because of my life circumstances. And I have all this free time and I've always wanted to be involved somehow. And we have a great scene building set and a prop building you know uh, crew now uh but yeah community theaters need everybody we need people who want to come in and help with advertising and poster printing up posters or designing or whatever we need people to help build sets and props and costumes people who are interested in lighting either hanging the lights and focusing them or running or preferably both or and sound you know design and running uh stage managing you know, and uh, as well as the acting and the directing.
0: So if you have no experience, no experience with any of these things, if you're not an actor, audition, but you want to, you audition. If you don't have experience building sets, that's okay. They'll put a drill in your hands. They'll
1: teach you. They'll teach you. Can you hold a hammer? Have you got a hand, at least one, to hold a hammer or a drill?
0: You will be appreciated. Am I right?
1: (laughs) Yes, very much so. In any community theater. Yep. Uh, Yes, all around the country we all are always and i know that for a fact because i i uh took a a show in 2013 to the national association of community theaters uh uh country national finals and where it came in third and and i was nominated for best director but i learned from that i met so many people in community theaters from all over the country and I took workshops on how to get butts in seats and et cetera, and how to get volunteers. So I know every single community theater. I don't know any of them that say, no, we have enough people. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> don't need anyone else. Nope, nope.
0: <laughs> yep. Doesn't happen. All right. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susan. I really appreciate it. Well,
1: Thank you, Jason. This was fun. Indeed. This was fun. And um, I wish you all the success in the world on your Podcast.
0: I'm just doing this for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FromTheApron.com podcast. We truly appreciate your support and engagement. Before we wrap up, we want to remind you to check out our show notes at FromTheApron.com. There you'll find all the important audition information, including links to download the No Fear Shakespeare script for Twelfth Night and details about the upcoming performances in the central Wisconsin area. If you happen to be in the Denver area, don't forget to explore the audition and performance information for Sherlock Holmes' The Case of Alice Faulkner. We hope you find these opportunities exciting and worth pursuing. For those of you outside these specific areas, we encourage you to use your favorite search engine to discover community theaters near you. Getting involved in your local theater scene can be a rewarding and enriching experience. Once again, thank you for listening to our podcast, and we sincerely appreciate it when you share our episodes with your friends. Your support means the world to us. So continue to spread the love for theater, embrace the arts, and get out there and get involved. Together we can make a difference. Until next time, take care and keep shining in the spotlight.